the four o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Here we go. Four o'clock hour. Four o'clock hour. No coffee. Hardly any coffee today, Candy. This is all from a beautiful assortment of Italian meats and cheeses that have me bouncing off the wall and the release of the NFL schedule. I'm ready. Italian meats and cheeses make me sleepy. What sort of superpower do you have going on in your metabolism? I ordered some spiked gabagool. Oh, the gabagool. Oh, you didn't tell me it was the gabagool. <laughs> Miracle uh, food. I saw uh, Willie Ramirez's birthday was yesterday, and Willie hit an Italian restaurant. And my God, because that guy lifts every day and is doing cardio all the time, the the freaking he's trying to you know he's a big guy. Um, man, the carbs he takes in. He had what an Italian feast he had. But he had he had the gabagool. He had the gabagool on the uh, on the table. So in honor of him, happy birthday, Willie. Little Italian feast for you. Very little for me because I gotta I gotta trim some weight, Candy. Really? Got, to get, got to cut down the moves beach a little pod? bit for the summer. Not, well, not no, no. I don't think that's gonna be beach pod. Yeah. I didn't know if the, I didn't yeah. know if you're you're looking for you know a little activity this summer. You know. Well, I just said I want to go on a cruise. You know. Oh, uh, listen. You don't have to do. If you want to go on a cruise, you can keep what you've got right now, and you're going to be in the top ten percent of physiques on that boat without question. You don't think the young kids are getting fully vaccinated so we can all take off from Florida on a cruise? Uh, no, you no, you go down and get on that Florida cruise, and you are going to be cougar meat. That is going to be fit. The, the Italian meats and cheeses will be you, my friend. Wow, that guy kind of gross. <laughs> I, I, I saw Ari throw up in his mouth a little bit. Wow, what just happened there? Uh, all right, this Raiders roster. I saw uh, some of the Raiders insiders indicating, hey, that's it. The 22 starters are here. 22 starters are here. Do you believe that? I saw that they just passed on uh, Antoine Woods. Not like there was, I don't know if there was any official talks, but he was a guy, you know, uh, worked with Marinelli in Dallas. Uh, He has now signed with the Colts. Do you believe the 22 starters are in place? Well, maybe not position-wise, but they have the 22 guys on the roster. Yeah, I think they think that. I don't know that we would all agree with everyone they've slotted into a starting position, but I think the Raiders absolutely believe that. So, some say Alex Leatherwood is best as a guard, but that's not where he's going to play. He's going to start at right tackle. Mike Mayock already declared that. So they believe that they've got all 22 of their guys in-house. And look, that's what that's the way you saw them draft, right? They didn't draft best player available. They drafted to need. They drafted to the holes they believe they had on that roster. No Melvin Ingram. Yannick Ngakwe. I didn't know if we were just doing name association. No, no, like, was, but no. Like, like, do, no. Do you want? Do you want no, more? No, no, do you no want more help? Do you want more Charger help? Do you want more guys who played around Gus Bradley? Uh, could they do some finagling to get Ingram in? That's my my whole point. Is when you see people say, "Hey, the twenty two guys are here," I'm like, "Well, uh, Ingram would be a nice addition. I don't know what he would cost, but that would be a nice guy to add to the mix." But I don't think they think they need that. Yeah. Uh, look at where they are right now. They signed Yannick Ngakwe, and this team believes in Max Crosby as the other edge rusher. Now, of course, it would be nice to have a rotation of edge rushers, but I think they believe that Max Crosby starts on one side, Yannick Ngakwe starts on the other, or Cleland Furl is your third in that rotation, at least on early downs, and maybe kicks inside on passing downs for second and third. So 
you know, you look at what they have right now and they might believe it. I don't buy it, but they certainly are sold on what they have. Offensive side of the ball. No interest in Charles Leno, who just signed with the Redskins. No interest in Villanueva, who, who did sign for a pretty penny. Former left tackle for the Steelers signed with the Ravens. No help on the offensive line. And are you believing uh, something that was written right before the draft that uh, there are still high hopes for John Simpson, the, what, fourth rounder out of Clemson last year, that they'd like him to challenge for the starting right guard position? I don't think that's entirely crazy. The results haven't been great thus far for John Simpson. But, look, when when we've talked to experts over the entire draft season, I've tried to ask him a very similar question. How long do you think it takes for these lower round draft picks to come around? And it's been consistent that for someone drafted as low as John Simpson, it's not going to happen in the first year or two. You're really hoping to develop them by that third, fourth year. So is it crazy that he could start at guard? No. It's not crazy because this team feels like it's set at the tackles and at the center position, so that's where they feel like they have competition. That's where younger guys are going to get a chance. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Tim Tebow to the Jaguars as a tight end, Adam Candy says, is a joke. Tim Tebow to the Jaguars is content. That's what Tim Tebow to the Jaguars is. Tim Tebow to the Jaguars is Urban Meyer looking at his old guy and saying, you know what, buddy, come on down. Let's take a shot at this thing. Fine. Whatever. I I mean, (laughs) I've seen plenty of comparisons out there between Tebow and Colin Kaepernick. Look, I've ranted for Colin Kaepernick to be signed in the NFL a hundred times. I don't need to do it a hundred and one. Making the comparison is apples and oranges entirely. Should Tim Tebow get a chance? Over whom? Over whom? Let's, that's the conversation, right? We have to have somebody else as the, why should Team Tebow get a chance over X person? And someone needs to tell me that. Give me that one. Who is it going to be? I say he makes the team as a tight end of sorts and can be a decent weapon. Right now, if you want to bet that, Steve, you can go to certain sports books on the East Coast. Really? And you can bet Tim Tebow over under 13 receiving yards this season. Wow. Okay. Right now. My, 33 to 1. My, 33 to 1 for comeback player of the year. Well, that's ridiculous. 33 to 1. I'm not going to bet that, but... Uh, Same I assume, as Jameis Winston. I assume over under 13 yards is what? Minus 900? I over? believe those numbers were on the fairly over? even. From what? what yeah. Wow. Wow. Are you in? Are you in? Yes. Are you calling the family right now? You know what? You I got the, I got one calling thing. Calling the Jersey fam? I got one thing to say. Are they, Wait, are these real books or am I uh, betting with guys with crooked noses? Hey, 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 whoa, whoa. Guys with crooked noses is basically our family on the East Coast, so let's not <laughs> slander those folks. Uh, I got one thing to say to them about that ridiculous over-under total. Why y'all tripping on Tebow? We all have homies that work out until they're in their 30s, trying to make it to the league, and very, very few make it. But they're not freaking Tim Tebow! That's what I got to say. Now, that said, I didn't say that. Marcellus Wiley said that. What do you think of Marcellus telling people, calm down, he's a freak of nature, he has a chance to make it? No, listen, Marcellus can say whatever whatever he wants to. That's not what I'm concerned about. 
I, I'm trying to figure out how much hydrogen peroxide it will take to cleanse my ears of you saying why y'all tripping as though it was your own. Why? Like why, it just why y'all tripping? Yeah. Candy. Ooh. Yeah. God, the, the, you can't open the segment with "I'm high on Italian meats and cheeses." And then go, why y'all tripping at the end of the segment? It's it's just sort of, it's dissonant. It doesn't work. It, uh, it, it makes me trip. Four minutes away from Caleb Herring, and we'll find out why he's tripping. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. NFL schedule release day, 5 o'clock. We find out about the schedules. We've been listing a lot of the games that have been reported for the Raiders, about six or seven games. We'll tell you about more of them during this discussion with Caleb Herring. We were just talking about Tim Tebow and the signing. It's official now with the Jaguars. It's going to try to be a tight end. Um, there are a lot of people who think it's just a pub stunt, just a favor. I believe that he has a chance to make the team and be a contributor. When we talked about this last week, I got to be honest, Caleb Herring was tripping. Are you still tripping, Caleb? I'm, I've, I've, I was tripping last time we talked about it. I've completely fallen over on my face today, realizing wow. that he's actually going to sign with the team. I, I, it's, it's one thing. I think the publicity stunt angle comes from the trial. Like, actually, saying you're going to entertain a trial from this guy after, you know, or so, however long it's been since he played an NFL game, uh, to entertain a tryout at tight end, for him to come out and announce that this is what he wants, and then for you to, as an NFL team, acquiesce to that request and give him the tryout. I thought that was kind of, you know, publicity stunt itself. And to sign him uh, to a, to a <laughs> one-year deal or whatever it is um, is, is another issue uh, to me. That's just like a, a whole other step. Um, I, I just don't want to even entertain the fact that he may be a, a contributing member to this team. Uh, one, because I would tell you how bad Jacksonville really is. The fact that they don't have anybody um, that they have in consideration as a better option at a starting tight end than Tim Tebow. If Tim Tebow contributes at all, I guess, on this roster at tight end, it will be uh, just a, kind of a joke to Jacksonville as an organization to not have anybody better at this point. But then it also just tells me one thing. I really want to be friends with Urban Meyer. Like, this guy will go to extreme lengths for the people that he loves and cares about. I mean, from, you know, the last time he was a head coach, you know, at Ohio State covering up, you know, domestic violence situation for a longtime friend um, and handling that inappropriate. And hiring Chris Doyle, who he says is a really great guy. Um, but everybody else is like, what? What are you doing? How do you... He's going to go out and put his, his neck on the line for you. And now he's, as as first-time NFL head coach, going to go sign Tim Tebow, a former quarterback who was not you know by any means a great quarterback while he played in the nfl um as a tight end and and actually spending the franchise's money on tim tebow at tight end the guy will do anything for his friends i want to be urban meyer's friend that is the the biggest story that i can pull out of this because everything else from it is just a joke i I don't think it, it i've said this before i don't think it's um it's respectful to everybody else who's put their life into being a tight end or, or to, to perfecting that craft. Um, I think while Tim Tebow is not a slight against him, I, I wish he can do whatever he wants. I wish everybody could do whatever they want. But it doesn't work like that for everybody. The rules aren't the same for everybody. And in this case, the rules are very different when you're friends with Urban Meyer. And, and he's 
has access and the ability to get you into doors that should be closed to you. Tim Tebow should not be a tight end in the NFL, and that's that's just how I feel about it. And we'll see. I hope the best for him. Maybe he maybe he is a stud. Maybe he does have a meaningful impact on the game. But I just don't see how at 33 years old, um, Tim Tebow is able to walk into an NFL organization and say, I want to play tight end, and it's happening. It's actually happening right now. Caleb Herring, the former UNLV quarterback, is with us. He calls the games now for UNLV football. All right, here's a loaded one. Uh, why doesn't Colin Kaepernick have an Urban Meyer in the league? Ha! Ah, well, <laughs> there, I, I mean, well, there aren't a lot of blackhead coaches. I, I mean, that's probably one of the reasons, I would say. Uh, it, that that kind of bond in his situation. We want to, you know, put his try to put a context to why he's not in the NFL, why he doesn't have somebody to go to bat and stick their neck out for him, um, because his cause is a very racially charged one. Um, and there's not a lot of people who aren't actively in a, in a part of that struggle as, as a black man in that professional space who are willing to go out on a limb for that cause with him. Now, you know, Tim Tebow is much more just a friendly, like, I, you know, he wants to, he wants to do this. It's, he's a competitor. Everybody gets it. They like him. He's a likable guy. Nobody has an issue with Tim Tebow. So it's, it's very easy for a former friend or an ally to reach out and, and extend that kind of opportunity. Colin Kaepernick honestly exited, and his demeanor with the media and with his cause, which is a noble one, and I agree with you know, his messaging, his message in the beginning, and, and if you look at where the country has come since then, it, obviously it resonates to this day. Right, so that's, his messaging is the issue. It's that he's burned a lot of bridges with the way he's left the NFL. When you talk about the NFL realm, that profession, um, the kind of protecting the shield mantra, um, he kind of put himself above that. And there's not a lot of people who are willing to go on that side of the shield with him. Um, so I would say that. that that's probably the, the best way I could say that. Um, and, you know, for, for, for talent, thing, this is kind of an example of why, you know, the NFL and, and other organizations and the NBA even to some extent and, Major League Baseball are not all always about who's the best guy. I think there's there's plenty of rosters that would be upgraded at the quarterback position if Colin Kaepernick was there as an option, whether it's a starter or a guy on the bench. Um, there's plenty of quarterback or plenty of rosters out there that could use Colin Kaepernick. He's better than quarterbacks that are actively playing on NFL rosters right now, um, but he's not getting the opportunity because of other factors. Where Tebow is getting that opportunity because of his other factors. So I, I it's it, it's kind of a it's not the same thing it's apples to oranges when you talk about why they don't have a chance but i think it's pretty obvious why kaepernick won't get a chance and why tim tebow does get these kind of opportunities caleb herring on cofield and company all right we have a uh, about half the schedule we think in with the raiders the reveal comes up here in about 40 minutes uh, a defense that's trying to retool rebuild reinvent itself is the best team to play in week one on Monday Night Football, the Ravens, a power run team, or is that like the worst matchup? Uh, you know, I like the matchup, actually, for the defense, from a defensive standpoint, because um, I think the weakness that we, you know, we, we've been seeing from the Raiders is very much in the pass attack. And, and this is not to say their run defense is great either, because um, a team with a very solid and dynamic run game is going to be hard for anybody. And when you're talking about Lamar Jackson with that read option, that's deadly. I, you know, so that, that's a complex thing to, to, I guess, combat. But when you look at kind of where the personnel will be, I think you can scheme up a defense, especially with plenty of time to plan for it for the Ravens. Now, knowing this game is going to be the first game on the schedule, you can kind of get a game plan set for the entire offseason if you really want to. 
Um, but you have personnel to match up now um, where I think Jonathan Abrams, if he's the guy, slides down into like a strong safety alley player who's kind of a free, you know, freelance guy out, out there in the secondary who can now kind of shadow QB spy Lamar Jackson. I think that kind of role is where he fits best. And he might be a completely different player in that role as opposed to being asked to be a cover safety. So there's little things like that that didn't help. I think adding some, some depth on the defensive line um, helps. It's not a, by any means a run-stopping solid guy in the interior, which you know they probably could have gotten if they went defensive tackle with that first pick, which a lot of people thought they would from Alabama. Um, but I, I do think they've improved their defense enough to be able to, one, blitz a little bit more because they have some guys they can trust in the secondary as far as you know, safeties that they picked up in the draft um, uh, from TCU. He's much better in coverage than Jonathan Abram was. Um, and then also the, the Chargers cornerback that they brought in, who's a trusted veteran um, also in the secondary. Kind of gives you more protection on the back end if you want to dial up pressures and maybe put some run blitzes together for a team like the Ravens. So I think it's a good game to kind of knock the rust off, get back into the groove of being a physical football team, with which John Gruden loves. He loves the physicality of, of football. So um, that will be a good game to kind of get that started and then at the same time not have to worry about a complex pass game behind that. So I do think defensively they have a chance to, to kind of find their footing in week one as opposed to getting you know an air raid attack from the Chiefs or, or some other team that's passing the ball 40, 50 times a game. Caleb, when you played at UNLV and the schedule would come out for the next season, did you pay any attention to that at all or was that just something where you kind of like – glance at it, put it on the shelf, and you're like, okay, yeah, when we get back to camp, I'll, I'll think a little bit more about that. Or did you guys really care about how the teams lined up on your schedule when you were playing whom? You know, it did. And I, I didn't – not so much before. I think before, when I was younger, it was kind of about where we were going. Like, I wanted to see when Hawaii was on the schedule, right? Like, if Hawaii <laughs> yeah. was the last game on the schedule, you know, there's a chance you get to stay on the island a little longer and, and enjoy yourself as opposed to when it's, you know, mid-November and you got to do a quick turnaround, things like that. That kind of, those things kind of matter. Or if Hawaii is before a bye week even, because um, that quick turn. So you think about that aspect of it, I guess, when I was younger. I mean, also not wanting to play Air Force in late November or in December, when, which the Rebels are this year, which I'm, I'm not too excited about, but it'll be cold there. That, I learned that. It's cold in Colorado late November, right? Uh, but, no, I, you do, I think, um, I think pay a certain amount of attention to where teams are. If this team's known for being physical, like the Ravens are, um, you would prefer to play that team while you're fresh. Or Air Force, when I was at UNLV, that team defensively, I know the defense was always concerned with the amount of cut blocks that would come your way. You know that that's going to be a game where you're going to want to recover from, or you're going to have a, a, a knock down, a knock them down, bang them up type of game, and, and it's going to be physical. You would like to, and I'm not going to say it's the, the center of your focus, to have that game with a bye week. Uh, behind it or, or something like that. And that's just, you know, from the maturity of the game. Like, you understand how this game is always physical, but certain teams just bring it a little bit more. And I think the Ravens may be that team where they're going to run the ball down their throat. And, and you want to either get this game done while you're fresh or have, you know, some time to recover after it. I also think you pinpoint rivals on the schedule. That's always a thing. And that's, I think in every level of football, if there's a rivalry game, um, whatever weekend that game is, it's going to be marked. Maybe not the focus of your attention. You may not zone in on that game and forget the rest of the games that happened before or after it, but you always know where that one's at on the schedule. So you do pay attention to it. I don't know if there's the excitement about it as, as far as the fans go. How fans, I know for me personally, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule for games that are going to be here in town where there's a matchup that I'm, 
completely interested in watching. I'm very interested in Lamar Jackson, seeing him live and in person. I would love to be at that game, right? So as a fan, I'm, I think I'm more invested in seeing what the schedule is um, in that aspect. I think as players, you might take a peek at it to see, you know, kind of who's matching up with who, where the division opponents are, what if there's a stretch of games where you know you're going to have to put together a winning streak in order to have a chance in the playoffs. Yeah, you pay, maybe take a peek. But at this point, you're getting your head ready for OTAs, getting in the playbook, getting around the guys, trying to get some reps together so that you're ready for whoever lines up to you uh, on the weekend. Caleb Herring's with us. Uh, if you want to take a road trip, we can go down to a uh, what's going to turn out to be, I think, a 10th Raider home game. Uh, this one at the Chargers on Monday night. It looks like the Raiders are going to match up against the Chargers. That one's going to be on October 4th. And my guess is that there will be... I think that place holds like 83,000. My guess is there'll be at least 50,000 Raiders fans there. It's going to be friggin' nuts at the Chargers game, especially the first one that L.A. fans can go to. Because guess what, Caleb? The L.A. fans who want to come here don't already have season tickets. Uh, it's going to be a little pricey here. Absolutely. I, I mean, like if you're eyeing coming to these, what, not just Allegiant Stadium, but it, even SoFi Stadium, if you're, those tickets to, to help pay for what those stadiums cost, are, are going to be ridiculous, right? Like, season ticket holders definitely are going to get their investments back um, over the life of those tickets, right? So, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, that when we're thinking about this, actually going to these stadiums, I, I'm excited to go down there to, to SoFi. I mean, we've seen that thing um, on, on pictures and on video. Getting inside of there and being a part of that atmosphere, when it's rocking for a Raiders game, because, there's, like you said, there's, there's so many fans for the Raiders all over the nation, but if you want to go to California, Southern California, and then obviously to Oakland, the the fans down there are are fanatics for real. Like they define fandom um, with the way they support their teams. I would love to be in that stadium and to kind of christen SoFi Stadium, even Allegiant Stadium for that matter, for any of those rocking divisional matchups with the Raiders and the Chargers would be a great game to be at. I, I'm so down to make that trip. Although I think. I would hope by this time it's not the same. I was trying to get into Disneyland because they're open now. Um, it's just a pastime that me and my son have. And California is doing this, you know, California residents only right now at the theme park. And I would really be sad if they're doing the California only thing um, by the time the season rolls around because then I'm out. I can't, I can't even make it to SoFi for that game. But uh, that would be a fun game to go watch, definitely. We have one minute left. My, uh, my favorite story of the week, just because I forget – how cool Vegas is in our brand. My God, did you guys all see the story about the nightclub in the end zone, which, like, we already knew about, but we didn't get to see it last year. So you got the Wynn nightclub. That story pops a couple of days ago, and people around the country, Caleb, are going friggin' crazy. Now, that said, as a player, how cool will it be to score a touchdown in that end zone? I think it's the north end zone and then be down there with all the, the freaking club folks. Hopefully no one's going to throw a bottle at you. Um, but be down there and all of a sudden be able to dance and start partying with these lunatics who are in the club section. That would be epic. <laughs> I don't know if the Raiders have the person on their roster that would go take a shot with a fan at their touchdown celebration. I don't know if there's anybody who's that gutsy on the right, Raiders right, roster. Right, right. But could you imagine, like, T.O. or Chad Johnson having that waiting for them in the end zone? I mean, that would... <laughs> That would be epic, right? I, the North End Zone is probably my favorite end zone in the state, if I'm, if I'm geographically remembering this right, yeah, yeah. with that view out of the window, right? Uh-huh. So the, the photos of you know fans popping their bottles, first of all, that, those bottles are probably going to be ridiculously expensive, right? That bottle service, it's already uh, uh, you know, 
kind of price yet any nightclub here in Vegas. But a nightclub in Allegiant Stadium during an NFL football game, it's got to be the most lit party of all time. I don't even, like, do you even leave there? Do you have to just spend the night? Because it's just that much of a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I, it would be great if the football players actually interact with those fans. But I just don't see anybody on the Raiders roster being willing to do it. Maybe Gruden himself will go down there and take a shot if the, if the Raiders beat the Chiefs again this year. Maybe. We'll see. Mm, I'm not sure about Gruden. I can name some other NFL coaches who would probably want to take a shot during the game. But that's uh, you know those are dirty rumor mill things about uh, some drinkers around the league. All right, Caleb. <laughs> we'll talk to you, buddy. See ya. All right, guys, have a good one. I saw the other day, Candy, that uh, it was actually yesterday that Marcus Arreo, the UNLV football coach, had uh, retweeted the whole club thing and uh, made a reference to recruiting. Do you think on some future recruiting visits he's going to need, like, some club seat fillers? Do you think we could be a candidate? Two guys a little little more advanced. But we have Vegas experience. I've partied before. I could play the role. You said you were going to start working on that beach bod, right? Yeah. Okay. Here you go, kiddo. Here's some Italian meats and cheeses and a Jaeger shot. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for tasting, and there's Cadillacs all shiny and new. Ah, oh, it's perfect. Gotta As I say every time, there he is. The Double Candy Man Wednesday. Adam Candy, Sammy, Fat Pack time. It's the Fat Pack. Well, I think it's well established on this show that certain members of the show love convenience stores. So as we get into our daily food feature, we're now seeing that convenience stores candy are good for everything. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but at 7-Elevens, you can now go and pick up a lovely taco dinner because they actually bought into a taco chain. You can buy a taco dinner and then on your way out, get a, a couple of bags of gas. No, no, Steve, you get that backward. No, no, no. You're supposed to. You're supposed to get the bags of tacos and then some gas, right? Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? No, both are in bags. Bag of gas and a bag what? of tacos. No, 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 no. What, a, a bag of gas. That's a bag of gas. Uh, no, no. We're not talking about you in the show. We're not talking about a gas no, bag. No, we're no. talking about bags of gas. No. Uh, you know what we're talking about here? It went viral yesterday, and uh, it's already prompted a a message, a response from government officials. There was a woman yesterday filling up. Shopping bags of gas. We have a little bit of a gas panic going on right now. And some moron. Now, apparently, she was triple bagging it. But still, automobile gasoline, not really appropriate to bag up. I don't understand what the problem is. She was triple bagging it. Right. Right? I mean, if it's going to leak, it's not going to leak through all three bags, right? U.S. government warns Americans, quote, do not fill plastic bags with gasoline. Oh, get this damn nanny state off my backside. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Get this out of here. Don't tell me where I can put my gas. I paid for it. I paid for that gas. What do you care where I put it? How many gas cans do you have at home? Do you have like an old school lawnmower? Do you you have a a gas can just in case you run out of gas? Maybe you go off-roading. I know you like to do that. Do you have one? 
Uh, do you have two? Do you have 12? Like the couple we saw the other day that was filling up the back of their SUV, just stacking it with <laughs> canisters of gas? Yeah, my Honda Civic uh, is really solid in that off-road category. Um, I have one gas can that I keep in the car because as a younger man, um, I, I wasn't so good about estimating how much gas I had left. How many didn't times have those fancy digital gauges? How many times did you run out of gas in your lifetime? Uh, these times were pretty much all when I was 16 or 17 years old, and I would probably say a half dozen. Really? More? Including, uh, like, one night I actually ran out of gas with my date and another couple in the car Ooh. driving from a high school dance. No, dude. Right next to right next to Samstown. Right next to Samstown, and I had to run over with my gas can to the gas station in a tuxedo to try to fill it up. And I was so thankful that I had a gas can and I didn't have to use a bag. <laughs> I could have saved money just with the bags, right? Well, that's actually that's not a bad spot. To, I mean, you didn't run out like in the middle of the road, right? I mean, at least that's a built oh, up. At least oh, that's a oh, built oh. up area. Wait, you've have you really? I, uh, back in the day, yeah. I ran out uh, at, and, and this will tell you how old it is. Not at Sam Boyd Stadium. I ran out at the, at the Silver Bowl. I, I ran out. I wow. was I was racing to go referee a high school soccer game, and we you know out got out to the field and went afterward and had to convince someone to drive me and my gas can out to the gas station because my car was uh, my eighty four Olds Cutlass Supreme oh, nice. was rolled up in the desert, not going anywhere. That was a great car. That was a great car. I had a buddy who drove me to school. He he got a car before I did. He had a he had a seventy eight uh, Grand Prix, which was the same body style. Awesome cars, mm -hmm. heavy cars. I can't heavy and I, not exactly fuel efficient cars. No, not at all. And I was very very fortunate that if I had wanted to sell that car, I could have sold it at pretty much every drive through that I went through. <laughs> I was multiple times propositioned by the guy at the drive through window to say, "Do you want to sell your car?" Because it was such a damn classic. All right, worst spot. Speak Worst spot you ran out of gas. Do you have you ever run out of gas? You're very conservative, so I could see you having oh, a full tank. he's running out of gas. No really? question. I, I have a story, but it never happened. Um, I was driving cross country back here with my with my car that I'd never driven before. So just like you, I don't know how to gauge. And like the light came on, and it was really low. And I'm driving, driving, driving for miles, couldn't find anything, and and made it eventually to some random gas station. Ooh, this is close as it got. Close. My ex, on the other hand, what an idiot. has about three or four or five different times. Really? God, you have so many terrible stories about her. She's That's awful. Right. Good content. I've almost heard no stories about her. I've just made that up. Uh, worst spot candy I've ever run out of gas was actually here in Las Vegas. Um, a decent size intersection, uh, Flamingo and LV Boulevard. Oh, that's not that big, is it? No, it's not. No. And what did you what did you do? Did did you have to did you have to get tourists to help you push the thing? Were they jumping over the barriers? Like what were they doing? I actually called a friend that he came down with some gas, but I had to wait a while. My I just put on the, uh, the called a friend. You're sitting put on the hazards, you're and that was at, like it. the busiest intersection in town. What are you gonna do? I was driving an old man, like an old man. ass pickup truck, and like you're right. Um, when you push it on some older cars, like there was no there's no cushion. You know, hey, I got I got like twenty miles more. Nope, nope. Nope. When that thing says it's empty, like it's going to be empty in like two miles. Yeah. Yeah. Who's such a prude about bags of gas now? You'd have been pretty happy to have a bag of gas, wouldn't you? More of Cofield and Company is on the way. Live in the Finley Toyota Studios. Hey, 
mostly welcoming ovation for Matt Harvey as he takes the mound to face the Mets for the first time ever. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Oh, so much to get to here with uh, Brian Blessing. Uh, that was actually the Mets radio network as Harvey was back. Dark Knight was back. He got destroyed. So let me get this straight, Candy. Mets fans boo and hate their current superstar, Lindor, but give a standing ovation to a guy who failed them and you know, had a lot of bad luck in Matt Harvey. Okay. Okay. Hey, Matt Harvey should have been run out of that town today on a rail <laughs> with no cheers, nothing but booze. The guy basically jacked around his whole career in New York. Yes, there were injuries, but it's not as though Matt Harvey had taken the whole damn thing seriously before that point. Brian Blessing's with us. Brian, are Mets fans stupid? An elephant never forgets. Okay. There you go. There you go. So what's going on, Brian? Another day at the beach. Tail end of the hockey season. Let the playoffs begin. That'll be good stuff. And waiting to see the rest of the schedule in the NFL. And uh, looking forward to that. Week one, Dolphins-Patriots. They played last year. Same game. 21-11 was the final. I mean, you're ready ready to make a bet right out of the game. (laughs) 21-11, they make the total 44-and-a-half. That game... That game's going under by 10 points. You think? You don't think the Patriots are going to be an explosive offense this year with Mac Jones out of the gates? Oh, boy, I'm telling you. I think they got um, – did they draft the field goal kicker in the first round? That's a good point. What do you think Mac Jones is going to do with the Patriots? When does he play? Uh, I don't know. We'll see when their schedule comes out. Probably after their bye. I mean, the Cam Newton thing, I, I don't know. I mean, if he gets some weapons – Maybe he's more serviceable this year. But their defense is going to be better. They had a boatload of guys that opted out. And that game was 21-11 last year with Fitzpatrick playing. Looks like Buffalo and Pittsburgh is the matchup. Your Bills, week one. Thoughts on that? I never thought I'd be alive to see the day the Bills would be a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Steelers. (laughs) These volumes to, you know, what a good year they had and what people think they're going to do this year. Uh, That'll be a great game. Pittsburgh travels so well. Uh, even though it's the home opener, that, they're saying full stadium in Buffalo. That that should be, I think, probably the marquee game in the afternoon on Sunday. That'll be fun. Uh, I got more NFL for you here in a couple minutes, but uh, you know we bring you on this time of year to talk about the sport of kings. My God, Brian, what is wrong with your sport horse racing? What a bunch of dirtbags! Well, yeah. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> well, I, I feel, yeah. I, 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 feel, I feel bad for the horse. I mean, the horse ran his lungs out. You know, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the Preakness. They're going to let him go. I think there's a chance to beat the horse this week. I think crowded take 10 to one was pointed for this race. Maybe, maybe we get an interesting race this weekend, but yeah, no, it's horse racing. I mean, it mess up a one car funeral. So what of Baffert moving forward? I mean, he, he just goes back to normal and all is forgiven a couple of weeks from now. Well, image wise, no business wise, probably. Have we had some other owners just say, you know what? I'm not interested in running against this guy. Has anyone pulled out of the Preakness? No. I mean, it, you know, it's a triple crown race, and it's all about making money, being stakes place, getting to the breeding shed, making a boatload of dough. Um, I guess what they agreed to is the horse will be tested before the race, and 
that, honestly, the thing that is beyond me, Steve, is how did the test result not come back by Monday, let's say, after the Kentucky Derby? And if this was even a possibility, the horse Mandaloon that ran second, it would be awarded the Derby, then the Triple Crown would still be alive. Why did it take it so long for that test to come out? Right. Nobody's asking that question. I can't understand that for the life of me. Brian Blessings of the Sports Grid Radio, uh, Sirius XM 204. He's on in town on K-Shop as well. So what happens to all the Triple Crown betting? If you're, you know, if you're betting for a Triple Crown, what the hell do you do here? Well, it's, well, it's toast on a stick unless places <laughs> they will refund it. Right. I mean, this is Brian. Come on, man. This is. I know it's been going on forever, but when it does happen, you you remember just how you know decentralized horse racing is, and it's already fighting an uphill battle, and then just nonsense like this, and then the, the people in the sport like don't even care about the you know the the greater good of the sport. Oh no, no, no. I'm and I hear everything you're saying, and I I have no argument for you. I mean, don't get me going on what happens on a daily basis. I mean, I, you know, horse racing is a TV show now. Nobody goes to the track. I mean, for the betterment of the sport, you know, you get some of these disqualifications on a daily basis and you're shaking your head. It should be a TV show. There should be three stewards in a shed up in Idaho that are watching it on TV and making the rulings because they don't know all the people on the backside. Brian, speaking of TV shows, the must-see television tonight for those in Vegas starts in about an hour with the Golden Knights taking on the Sharks. Obviously, their their fate is no longer in their hands in terms of what happens with the uh, with the division. What did you think of that whole situation on Monday, where they only had 15 skaters because of their cap constraints? I thought Eddie Graney wrote a really good article this week about going all in and. They massaged the cap all year long, and it was a problem, and they got through it. It just it happened. I mean, they made their own bet. There's no getting around that. But it happened that the injury bug and the salary cap bug collided on the biggest night of the year when it was all right there on a silver platter for them. That being said, they played well enough to win that game. And my fear is, and this is the rub with the Golden Knights, if you watch that game and put Canucks jerseys on the Avs, that was every playoff game that was played in the bubble last year. Vegas tilts the ice on the other team and can't score, and that's what scares me about them leading into the playoffs. You know, it's interesting that you say that, Brian, because that's not really the Colorado that we're used to, but it's obviously such a talented team that Jared Bednar can probably have them play whatever style they need to in order to win games. So when you look at this Vegas roster, how can it be different if that's what they run into in the playoffs, the Avalanche or anybody else playing them like that? Well, that's the beauty, Adam, of, the, of any series. It takes on a life of its own stylistically. So that's part of the issue is Vegas can play any style of game. But I think from a mindset perspective, sometimes you're sitting there and go, why don't you just play the dump and chase battle right out of the gate? And they get themselves in trouble with the stretch passes, and they can be so creative that sometimes they get caught in the neutral zone and it turns around and comes back the other way. And they're almost a victim of their depth and their ability to be versatile instead of saying, Wait, what is their style? You know, like Galan always used to say, we, we just play our game. Vegas's game is really good, but what is their game? They can play any style of game, but should there be a preferred, a preferred style of game? 
Well, Brian, it felt like to me that changed a little bit as they remade the team, right? Because this team year one was all about the forecheck, right? They, they were all about being aggressive in, in their offensive zone and trying to get turnovers and trying to score off that as opposed to, you know, what we've seen now where, where they have kind of moved things around a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like that, that can get the job done in the playoffs if they kind of go back to what they've done in the past? Well, honestly, I had about to say this to you in the first year, there were nights when you'd sit up, you'd be up above and you're watching it, and it was like halfway through the second period, they probably did it 20 nights, where they were trying to be this fancy tic-tac-toe highlight reel team, and they were getting frustrated. And then halfway through the game, they'd go to a dump-and-chase game, get a couple of goals, and then that's when the other team's chasing the game. That's when the ice opens up. So it's almost by design if you start the game, get it deep, get it low, go to work, get a lead, that's when the good stuff and the highlight reel stuff and your skill can take over. I think there are nights they get caught up in the skill stuff a little bit too much right out of the gate. Brian, you're the best, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure, fellas. Have a good week. Brian Blessing, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM uh, 204. You can hear him locally as well. He does Sportsbook Radio. Uh, the lines on the games tonight, both going down. Right after Cofield and company, that's how uh, they timed it. You know, make sure you can listen to the show, and then the big games go off uh, after the show. But puck drop at 6.08 in both of them. Vegas at San Jose. Must win, right? Okay, well, there's the number. Uh, Golden Knights are 220 on the road and must win. Avs are 390 over the Kings. Visit lvsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.